Welcome to the Herald Express Talker United Yellow Army podcast, brought to you weekly by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes. We'll be talking about everything that you ever wanted to know about Talker United. Uh, you can find us in the Talker United channel on the Devon Live website, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Well, I know it's a bit of a cliche. We always see we have much to discuss on the podcast this week, but we really do this week. There's an awful lot going on. This do you week. like all the balloons and the stuff that I've put up in the room? It's and, fabulous. Yeah. The celebration. And yeah, the big, the big celebration banners and all that. As we said to Gary last week on the podcast, it's a great week to be a Talker United fan. And this week, actually, to be honest, is even better. It is. Isn't it? He did warn us not to celebrate too soon, though. However, he did say we could celebrate a good start. Yeah. Good start. Um, loads to talk about. We've got music for you as well. A little bit later in the podcast, uh, one of our listeners, a gentleman by the name of Kevin Stoyle, has found the Holy Grail. He has found a copy of uh, a certain 1971 Talkie United song, which we'll be playing you towards the end of the podcast. And not only has he found it, because finding it is one thing on vinyl these days, but I mean, I've got a record player. How many people do? Well, yeah, quite. And he's managed to convert it into a format that we can share with you on the podcast. Lovely. Newfangled technology and all that kind Absolutely. of thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we've got that to come. We've got two chats uh, with Gary Johnson this week. It's a week. busy one today, isn't it, Guy? We've got tributes to an illustrious ex-gull who died this week as well. Indeed. Um, much to talk about. Tell you what we'll do before we do anything else. Should we go off and hear a little bit about what Gary had to say after that brilliant win up at Aldershot in midweek? Let's do that. Hi Richard. Hello Gary, how are you doing? Yeah, fine mate. Yourself? Yeah, very good after last night mate, and I'm sure you are too. Yeah, it's good. Did you watch it on the streaming? I then? did, yeah. I watched it on the screen, uh, the stream and uh, yeah, I was very impressed. Uh, I think every- oh, good. I've got a lot of friends and who are Torquay fans and there's been a lot of activity yeah. on Facebook today, so that's... Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, you changed it at half-time a bit, didn't you? What, 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 how did that work then? Uh, yeah, I changed my personnel. Yeah. Uh, I brought uh, Josh Ermer off and brought Asa Hall on. I felt we needed to change the shape a little bit because they were going very long, yeah. very quick, yeah. and, and shutting us in there, and we wasn't able to get ourselves out for a little while. Um, and so I felt that, 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 that their main man... That's, we had two in midfield, they had, three, they had three in midfield, and we couldn't quite handle that the deep one that was just kept hitting it first time in behind us. So we brought Acer on so that we could have 3v3 in the middle. Yeah. And uh, obviously I had to sacrifice a, yeah. a forward. Um, so, I, you know, unfortunately for Josh, he, he had to come off. Um, and then I could go 4-3-3 with our two little uh, pocket rockets either yeah. side of right. And that's uh, Aaron the main and uh, and Ben Whitfield who were playing well. He, those two were actually playing well in the in the first half, but uh, we were poor in the first half, and it took a goalie mistake really to get us back in the game. Um, and then second half we we just took over, and I thought we were fantastic in the second half in in everything we did. You do have that versatility to change things, don't you, in the squad? Yeah, yeah, and you know, as you know, I'm not shy to change it if I think we need to change it. Um, in fact, I was having a little discussion with Downsy after about 20 minutes, saying, you know, I'm not sure this is 
looking too great at the minute, you know, and I didn't quite know whether the boys were ready to get out of it, you know, and start playing. So anyway, we gave them the, the time, um, but, uh, you know, it just shows we, we knew how they were going to play. Yeah. And the boys knew how they were going to play, but that, that game where somebody puts the ball in behind you all the time, whether it goes out for a goal kick or whether it goes out for a throw in, it didn't have to be quality. Just keeps you pinned back. Yes. You know, so yeah. you have to either keep it for longer and work your way through them, or you have to do the same to them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when you can to get up the field. But uh, the boys' game managed well in the end, and uh, with a little bit of advice from me and Downsy at half time, uh, we'll call it advice. Yeah, I was going to say, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and it just livened us up, and the boys came out, and we scored two. You know, I can't say you can do that every time with teams just by, you know, letting them know your your opinions uh, quite loudly. And, yeah. you know, and, and but we got a group of lads that understand that you're, you're trying to help. Yes. And we just needed to get their, you know, their shackles up a little bit and get them a bit angry, get a bit upset. And then that changes your mentality. Yeah. Um, Ace is proving uh, an ace on the bench, really, isn't he? Yeah, well, he's, he's, I mean, he's done well, and I'm really pleased that people like him and Gary Warren and uh, Amani Little are getting games off the bench and getting yeah. the minutes without me, you know, having to worry too much about will they fade or, you know, I mean, they should, did 45 minutes yesterday yeah. and played very well. You know, he was the one, the extra midfield player, and, and he started running the game rather than uh, James Rowe, who used to be with me at Cheltenham. Um, you know, and then he got taken off because Ace had come on and and dictated the game from uh, that central midfield role. Brilliant. Um, what do you do? You read anything into being top of the table after six games, Gary, or is it is it a marathon, as it were? Uh, of course, it's a marathon, and you know you're not going to be able to celebrate right now. But what we can celebrate is, as I said last week, it's a good start. Yeah. Um, you know, and it does put you in credit. So, uh, you know, we can get a few more wins. Y- you know, you can risk a couple of losses. Um, and if you can risk that because you're in credit, the boys are relaxed, you yeah. know, and then they, and they can start, you know, playing their game and, you know, shoot, shoot, shooting from the halfway line. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying they will, but, you know, people suddenly feel more confident to do things. Yeah. Um, at that stage. So, you know, it's when we. I, I've always said we'll we'll look at it after ten games, and then make a you know a judgment when we've done a quarter of the season. But at the minute, yes, it's been a good start. I think possibly we were slightly under the radar at the start of the season. I don't think our teams will be looking at talkie like that now, though. Really? No, I think in our league at the moment, everybody feels that they can beat everybody else. Yeah. Um, I really do feel that. Even the you know all the shop when I you know listen to the managers um, chat after post-match and you know he's saying he still thinks that they've got a team that can compete at the top top end of the table so um, you know everybody at this stage still thinks they've got they've got a chance so it's uh, you know it won't settle down for for a few weeks yet okay Um, Louis went back to Bristol City and you've brought someone someone in from um, Northampton yeah, um, Louis was only on a month's loan yep. anyway, um, and that month uh, it, 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 it 
come up. And then um, Billy Walters, who I know very well. Yep. Um, I'll, you know, I was looking to bring Billy in. Um, he was part of a very good partnership with Danny Wright at Cheltenham when we got our promotion. Um, and I ended up having to sell him because he wanted to get in, you know, go to Northampton at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it didn't quite work out for him, as I said, I didn't think it would. And we've kept in touch and uh, all of a sudden he became available and, you know, I, I jumped at the chance. So, um, you know, he's a, a very good addition to our squad. What kind very of good. what kind of a striker is he, Gary? Um, he's a striker that's busy. Uh, will score goals. He's probably not a thirty goal a season man. Mm. Uh, he scored his most goals under me, which was sixteen in the second division. Right. So yeah, yeah. Um, he's, I think he scored eleven or twelve in our promotion season. But he's a worker, and uh, he'll shut people down. And he's sharp. He's a sharp striker. He's not big, obviously five eight, something like that. But um, he's a, a sharp footballer, and uh, uh, he's, a, he's a good lad. And I know all, all about him, and he knows all about me. So I haven't got to teach him anything. Brilliant, Gary. No, I haven't already. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah. Well, that's the yeah. thing. He knows you. He knows. He knows Danny as well. So that's all yeah, going to be good, well, isn't it? And Asa and Jake. Yeah. You know, so you know, you know all those. Yeah, excellent. And it'd be, it'd be comfortable. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Gary. Um, no problem. Good luck for the weekend. Uh, TV game, so we don't have to watch the streaming. So no, it, that's right. Is, is, is the late is the later kickoff anything to worry about or not, or do you take well, it as it comes? Well, only for the fact we won't get back till four or five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was a strange one to give us the longest trip we have, and <laughs> yeah. it's nice to be on the TV, um, but. Uh, Obviously, we got a hell of a trip back yeah. early in the morning, sort of thing, you know. So, I might have to give him the next day off. Yeah, might. you might. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Gary. Brilliant. Thank, right, thank you very no much. Problem. I'll speak to you again next week. Cheers. Then. Cheers, mate. Bye. Well, let's hope they earn that day off with a performance up at Hartlepool. I think if they win, they'll have the day off. I, I think. I reckon they might. Let's let's, <laughs> just, let's rewind a little bit then to earlier in that chat with Gary and talk about. Well, I mean, two great results this week. I mean, let's deal with Scholing first of all. A, a thoroughly business-like, efficient 2-0 win against a, a team who, who did kind of pose Torquay quite a lot of problems by the sound of it. And the weather was dreadful as the well. The weather was it? dreadful. The pitch wasn't brilliant by all accounts. Uh, you know, it was, it was a tough game against a non-league um, team. And for all my bravado last week saying that, that there'd be a hatful... Um, at least I don't have to go to Poundland Window anymore. Exactly. Well, in those circumstances, two's a hatful. Really, I'll have a, I'll have yeah. two. I'll have two over over nothing. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and that paves the way for uh, a, a tie, which we'll talk about with Gary a little bit later in the podcast. Yeah. We're at home to Crawley. There's always a feeling among Torquay fans that we owe Crawley one. There was a, a there was some bad blood between Torquay and Crawley back in the Paul Buckle era. Well, it'll be it'll be all down to the fact of Steve Evans and uh, Steve Evans and Paul Rayner. Yeah, yeah, and but I mean there was there was always a little bit of a spark between the two sides, and I definitely feel that um, you know Torquay feel that they owe Crawley one. It'd yeah. be nice to, uh, but we'll talk about that at some more length next week, and Gary talks to us about that a little bit later in this podcast. It, it was good to see. 
the fringe players, if you want to call them that, because they're not really fringe players, they're squad players. But it was good to see those players play at Scholing, mm-hmm. get a run out. Uh, it, it obviously did Josh Amera uh, a, a lot of good. Um, he yeah. scored a great goal. Um, and Sean, then Sean Asa, McDonald getting a game. Asa having a great game. Um, Jake Andrews getting a start at the moment. He seems to be on the bench a bit. Um, yeah, it, it, it was a, it was a really good thing to see those. Play- oh, Gary Warren as well, of course. I mean, yeah. he did well yeah. over the ninety. Um, and then you know some of those players featured. Oh, no, let's not forget Amani Little coming on. That was the big story, yeah. wasn't it? Which was kind of uh, dropped to us for a bit of an exclusive on the podcast last week. There dropped to you, guy. Got dropped to you. I was on holiday. An indication that um, that Armani would have a role to play on Saturday. Excellent stuff. No, that sure was enough, good. Um, there's not a Torquay United fan who won't have been delighted to see him back. I don't follow many Torquay fans. I follow my friends on social media rather than my job. Um, and uh, but I do have some obviously for some friends yeah. who are big Torquay fans, and they were raving about. Uh, or some of the posts that they put up, their friends were raving about the performance of, of Little when they, when he came on, uh, especially um, on Tuesday night. So let's move on to Tuesday night. Did you get the streaming organised? I did. Was it any good? It was. It was okay. It's okay. I've heard from a few people that they had one or two problems with the streaming. It buffered a bit at one yeah. point. Oh, it went off a bit at one point as well. Um, I, as you know. Oldershot is my favourite club Your in the world. Your absolute favourite club, isn't it? Yeah. I phoned them on, <clears throat> let's try and work out what day it was. It was probably Monday, yeah. Monday morning. There's a big fly coming here, guy. There's a bee. There's a big bee. There's a big bee that's uh, Hang on. trying to get out of your window. Let him out. And then... Uh, Go away. Yeah. Go look on. up. Got to look after the bees. If we lose the bees, we lose everything. You know. Lose football. We lose everything. Yeah. yeah. So I, I phoned Oldershot on Monday and, and, and just just inquired about a, um, a press pass for mm-hmm. for the streaming. Yeah. Just presuming that that would be an obvious thing, um, and was denied. Denied. Um. They they had me on speakerphone and they kind of double teamed me. Okay. Um, and I came away fe- feeling quite insulted. Uh, all I was asking for was a a press pass for a live stream because I, I'm not going to go to the game. I'm not going to risk that yeah. in this day and age. Well, in conventional um, times, you'd have got a And they were quite pass. rude. They were quite rude. And yeah. I did point out, do you, do you pay for things that you do in your job? That didn't go down well. I mean, I was, uh, it got to the point where I was probably quite rude back. But anyway... <laughs> Just heightens my love of Aldershot. So, so I paid. So I paid. So relations between us and Aldershot are frosty at best then, are they now? Uh, yeah, as far as okay. I'm concerned. All right. <laughs> um, I will say that their, their, their actual match feed, or the live feed of the game, was so-so. It was all yeah. right. It, I've seen much better. I've seen... Well, I don't think I've seen worse, actually. But it wasn't Bro- very good. But Bromley it was all right. so far being Bromley standard, was isn't it? But what they did do beforehand is they had a chap in the studio, it was probably one of the chaps I was arguing with, um, who uh, didn't mention you then. You know that was that was that was live for about an hour and a half before they had adverts. They had little features on uh, on charity events. They had um, uh, interview with Tim Seals. Yeah. Um, and they had Damon Laffrop in the studio and uh, an older shot player. They were casting Damon as the talky um, man, even though you know why would he? Frankly, knew very little about this current squad. How is he, by the way? He seems all right. He seems quite happy. I mean, he's retired, and he seems quite happy. Good. Um, I'm sure he'd rather have been playing football, but he seemed in a good place. Um, 
so yeah, that was good. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I found that was, that was quite good. Um, having not seen a Torquay feed, though, to be fair, because I've been at the games, you know, I, I, can't, I yeah. can't vouch for the quality of the Torquay feed, although uh, the last one, my mate was a cameraman, so I'll vouch for the quality of the camera work. <laughs> so, I mean, a game that Torquay won by four goals to one, any away win that comes out as a 4-1... It has to be celebrated. Oh yeah! But it was it was a game of two halves, wasn't it? And you had a chat with well, the, the chat that you've had with Gary. Um, he talks about advice. Yeah, a bit of advice at half time that him and Aaron Downs gave the players. Now, when he he, he he says we'll call it advice. Yeah. Now, anybody who's seen Louis's brilliant DVD of the National League South Championship season will have seen some of the half-time advice doled out to players from time to time. Yeah. I mean, you and I, we, we deal with Gary and we deal with Aaron on a, on a weekly basis and they're the nicest guys on earth, but I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of half-time advice from either of them, to be frank. No, and um, it's funny, Damon Lafroff at half-time in, in the older shot studio was talking about how he expected Gary to be giving them a bit of a rocket yeah. at half-time. And I think <laughs> rocket is more... More akin to what they got than advice. Yeah, yeah, but it did the trick, didn't it? They came out, they were a much better side by all accounts in the second half. Um, the three W's, the goal scorers, Wright, Winter and Whitfield, the goal scorers. I didn't realise there were three the W's, game. yeah, very good. Um, wonder if that's ever happened before. Um, well, see, people have been talking about that on social media and I didn't read it properly. It probably has happened before. but Right. Um, and talking now go two points clear at the top of the league. I mean, this time last week we were top of the, or we'd gone top of the league on goal difference only. Yeah, uh, it was short-lived and we knew it was going to be short-lived, really. But there's a little two-point buffer, yeah, uh, which can be wiped out in a weekend, obviously, but it's just nice to be up there, isn't it? He, um, Gary made a, an important change at half-time. He brought Asa Hall on for Josh Amura. Now, Josh... It was no reflection, I don't think, on Josh's performance in the first half. But the way that Gary wanted to change it, it just it just meant that he he needed to play one up front, and and he chose between Josh and, and Danny Wright, and and he essentially made the right choice because Danny Wright scored two goals. Yeah. But um, he wanted to uh, add a bit of strength to the midfield, and Asa provided that brilliantly, he freed up some of the players to be able to do a bit more of the flare work, and you know it really worked. It, it was it was it was a a great piece of, 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 yeah. of match management from the from the manager and the players in the second half. And of course we were we were two one up within ten minutes or whatever it was, yeah. I can't remember the exact time of the goals, but you know, it, 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 and then once the third one went in, it was great. You know, you could sit back and relax. Ace has been quite influential, hasn't he, so far this season? He well, came on again did, did he start against Scholing or did he come on against Scholing? He started against Scholing and, and, and obviously he's been on the bench for the last couple of games yeah. and always come on and Seemingly, always made a difference when he has come on. He's been changing uh, and, uh, the game, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, I mean, let's not forget how old he is. He's not. He, he's not a twenty-two-year-old, so he he is being used sparingly, but sparingly well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, don't expect him to suddenly jump into the first team on the back of it, onto the first eleven on the back of his performance, mm. because I think what he's doing from the bench is is almost as valuable as what yeah. he could be doing from the start. Uh, and then running out of steam in the second half because of his age and, you know, and, and recent, and, and not necessarily age, but recent injury. There are some ways in which, in which football is becoming like top-flight rugby at the moment, isn't it? Where the bench is all important. Uh, for instance, watching the Exeter Chiefs last weekend, the players who they had on the bench really influenced the game. They were brought on at tactical points in the game and made a big difference to the game. And more and more you're seeing that with football now. Not only... 
Exeter Chiefs regarding Exeter Chiefs, not only did the bench make a big difference, but the squad made a big difference over the uh, the the last six or seven games or whatever it was of the Premiership season. As they they already kind of knew that they were they were going to be in the the playoffs, the Premiership yeah. playoffs. Um, once they once they kind of secured a home tie and everything, then it was a case of just getting through games with with some of the squad players. But in in fact, what what Baxter and 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 his coaches up there have done is turned squad players into first team players yeah. at that level. Um, so he has a pool of probably thirty players he can play in that first team without without yeah. even worrying about um, how how things are going to turn out. Now um, they. They play a kind of rugby that a lot of the the rugby people don't like. Um, you know, for want of a better expression, it's long ball rugby. What they yeah. do is they just grind people down and then take the advantage once they've earned it, rather than trying to to go at teams. But you know what they've done is is, is magical. And if we can learn how to, if football can learn how to take a squad and and you know have every player, especially at lower level, every player capable of doing a role more than one role and yeah. actually Gary has that in the squad at the moment well that actually the next thing that I'd scribble down on my sheet of paper fits in with that you know we've had 10 different goal scorers now have we I mentioned yeah. it to Gary last week as well you know and, and he sees it as a huge plus and why yeah absolutely I mean our top scorers at the moment with two goals each are Kyle Cameron and Danny Wright yeah um, but there are eight other players who've got a goal each Wright scored in the FA yeah, has, he not, has he only scored twice? Yeah, did he score twice? I think he scored maybe three I missed, goals. Maybe I've missed one. I think he scored one before. But it, uh, ten goals scored. He scored a penalty somewhere. So he scored three. Yeah. He has. You're right. Um, ten different goals. Scores. Yeah, the, mean, the, yeah, that's not undermining your point. That's it's an amazing. Pro- it's a proper good spread yeah. across the squad. The goals are coming from all over the place. Ben Winter will claim the one that um, yes. the keeper dropped in on Tuesday. He will claim it. Yeah, he certainly will. It's the second time he's had to claim a goal. <laughs> uh, he didn't get the first one. Asa Hall got that. I wouldn't we love to see him bang one in like he did at Woking? Though? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was that was the turning point, wasn't it? They 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 were destroyed by that goal. Their keeper Mitch Walker made a terrible error, dropped the dropped the ball right through his fingers, didn't he? And he did. um, you know, uh, if that hadn't happened, we would have probably gone in one nil down. They would have still got a. B-O-L-A-L-A-L-A-L-A. Advice. Advice. Yes, yes. And, um, and okay, it might have been the same in the second half where we totally took over, but um, that really gave Torquay impetus to take into the second yeah. half. Okay. You know, they were one all, they were one all instead of one nil down following, you know, calamitous error really. He really did drop the ball, didn't he? And just, I mean, while we're working our way through the fixtures, quick look ahead to Saturday, 5.20 kickoff, live on BT Sport. Uh, <coughs> Hartlepool or Hartlepools as the um, the older readers always yeah, call them yeah. Ken Furphy always called them Hartlepools and so did Brian Clough so perhaps yeah. we should start doing it as well uh, Hartlepools against Torquay Hartlepool they did North. officially change their name at one point because they were East and West Hartlepool you see oh, it was an amalgamation of two clubs or North and East or whatever it was but it was, a, it was originally an amalgamation of two Hartlepool clubs so it was the Hartlepools Hartlepools United at some point later, they officially drop the S. But I yeah, never, no, I never that explains knew that. it for you. That does explain. <laughs> no, well, that's that's changed everything now. Um, yeah, they're ninth at the moment. Hartlepool. They've made a decent start and have just kind of lost pace a little bit. But they won't be diff- it won't be easy to beat. No. Uh, their manager is a bloke called Dave Challoner, who we've come across. He was manager of Fylde uh, last season when we beat them two one. Yeah, famous for that long throw in the past. Mm. Tram- tra- played for Tranmere for many years. 
I hope I'm not getting the same set of the diff, two two different players mixed up. I'm sure there's only one Dave Challoner, as I'm sure was yeah. was sung by Tranmere fans back in the day. <laughs> but he was one of the, he was that first player that you remember, or as far as I remember, who was a a long throwing specialist. Yeah. He yeah. could he could send one in from from way afar. Let's um let's set the P question now, and we'll remember to give you the answer towards the end of the podcast. The player uh, whose name begins with P who's made the most appearances for Torquay, and the player whose name begins with P, who scored the most goals mm. for Torquay. The only clue I'll give you is that they're one and the same player this week. It's not Neil Prince, then? It's not Neil Prince. It's, no, it's definitely not <laughs> Neil Prince. But uh, we'll give I don't you the know why he that. came into my head. He only played about five games, didn't he? <laughs> I think he probably did. <laughs> we'll come back to that a little bit later in the podcast. Loads of things to catch up on. The Hampshire Gulls, we'll give them a shout out. I'm now an honorary member of the Hampshire Gulls. Perfect. Uh, we've both been uh, honorary members of the Yorkshire Gulls for a while, mm-hmm. uh, but now the Hampshire Gulls have adopted the podcast as well. It means apparently that we have to podcast in bright yellow jackets at some point. Have you got a yellow jacket? I don't You've think got I one. have. I thought you were looking around the room as if you had one. I know. No, I don't think I have. I'm going to have to go and get one. But you'll find pictures of the Hampshire girls on Facebook uh, resplendent in Maplin's Ted Bovis style. Beautiful. Heidi High. It's fabulous. Heidi High. And you'll pick them out on the terraces uh, when we eventually get back onto the terraces. When we get there. You'll see them in the yellow coat. So thank you very much for uh, inviting me to join. I'm happy to be an honorary. What's the word for a Hampshirean? Not div- the Devonian. Oh, don't, don't, I won't tell you what just came into my head. Yeah, let's, um, <laughs> let's leave that. But that's that's what we are. And also, uh, thank you very much to some of our listeners for answering some of the questions from last week. We asked, uh, when was the last time a centre-half scored a hat-trick in a game? So we were waiting for Kyle Cameron to do it. Yeah. And Hayden Jones assures me he didn't even need to look it up to tell Good. us that it was Wes Saunders oh, in a League yes. Cup match, we think, against Hereford. On the 25th yeah. of August, 1992. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, okay. Very so good knowledge. was the last one to do it. And we asked on behalf of another listener, uh, who was the captain of Torquay United in 1963? We had a load of people going looking for information on that one. Thank you very much to Peter Serkham, who turned up some information. And thank you very much to Laurie Leslie from Australia. Okay. Who sent us a very nice email. He's a regular podcast listener. Uh, uses the podcast as one of his ways of keeping in touch with the goals as a goals fan in exile. Uh, very welcome along. Actually, if you listen to this, it could be the early hours of the morning over there. Absolutely, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he sent us a, a cutting from a programme uh, from that season when he first started going to watch Torquay play. And Jeff Cox was the captain uh, at the time. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Jeff yeah, Cox yeah. would have been the captain in that season. Uh, Jeff played 286 games for Torquay. Quite a long spell he had with yeah. Torquay. And, of course, his son Morris played for us Indeed. as well. Indeed, yeah. And Morris uh, has got a record. I, I had to look this up. I thought I remembered it. And he scored the fastest ever goal in a varsity match. He scored after 20 seconds for Cambridge University wow. against Oxford University. Wow. Funny how the same two teams always end up in the final of that. It's isn't rubbish, it? isn't it? It's like the boat race. Yeah, same rubbish. two teams always yeah. get into the final. But, um, yeah, thank you, Laurie. Jeff Cox would have been the captain back then. You set the questions and you listeners will uh, go and find the answers for us. Yeah, I'm it's being climbed good. on by a dog. You are indeed. I'm trying not to look at you because it's very distracting <laughs> at the moment. But uh, we'll come back to that in a minute. Uh, Torquay players have gone out on loan this week. Yes, Matt, they have. Matt yeah. Abuse has gone to Bath. Yeah, uh, um, that's 
not a bad move to keep your uh, keep your legs going, is it? Because obviously he hasn't been. He started the season, of course, as a as a starter, but yeah. um, that was with all the injuries. Now all those injured players and midfielders have come back. Um, you know, he's not going to get so many chances in the first team. It was a funny thing, really. When he played in that first game against Stockport, I mean, you and I both said that he'd gone straight back into it. He looked, he didn't look like a fringe squad player. He was right back in the swing of it. Um, and we thought he played pretty well in that game. Yeah, no, he did have a good game. And I, I think it's a shame that he's had to go out on loan. But because Torquay aren't, and, and especially within the confines of the period we find ourselves in as well, there isn't very much opportunity for reserve games. No, that's right. So um, without that, you, you do want these players who aren't uh, selected for the, the first team every week to, to keep fit. Mm. And the only way to keep match fit is to play matches. So yeah, playing for Bath in the National League South is a, is a good way of doing it. I mean, it's a good standard. We know that. We, we, we were there two years ago. So Good side, Bath. And a little bit lower down the football pyramid, Olaf Kozella and Louis Slough have both gone out on loan to Dorchester. And they're in the Southern League Premier, is it Premier or the First Division they're in? They, uh, Dorchester, are in the Southern League uh, Premier. Premier. Yeah. S- uh, Southern League Division... Oh. You know what, since they changed them all around a couple of years ago, I get all sorts of problems with this. Southern League Premier Division South. Okay. Along with the likes of Truro, Tiverton Town, who were top until uh, 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 they didn't play at the midweek mm. and they got knocked off, but they were top. Um, Truro are fourth. Dorchester are struggling around the bottom end of the table, Um, but they're managed by Lee Robinson, who uh, was the Truro manager for a short while, um, and also famously was the Taunton Town manager for a long time, from Bobby Tracy, so he's got local links as well. Well, I mean, that's that's a good place for them to be, they'll be looked after there, I did see a clip on social media... Uh, Olaf appears to have scored an absolute screamer for Dorchester. Good, good. Uh, I did talk, you know, of course, Olaf was on loan at Tiverton last season um, for maybe five or six games uh, and then was recalled because Gary was having problems with injuries and he wanted him for the bench. Um, But uh, Martin Rogers, the manager, I did have a chat with him recently about uh, loan players because he's uh, one of his loan players um, from last season, Josh Key, is doing really, really well at Exeter City yes, this he is, season. Isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's got another couple of young Exeter players there. So we were talking about that for the for the Exeter paper and the the Mid Devon Gazette. But um, I did mention Olaf, and he said, "Yeah, he was really good. Really liked him. Good, good character. Good player. It's just a shame that they didn't have as long with him as they would have liked to because because uh, Gary recalled him. So he 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 rated him. So." Yeah. You know, we keep on going on about, oh, he's got to get into the first yeah, team now. Yeah. But, you know, we've got a strong first team. We have. I mean, but he's a good pro, Olaf. You know, he's a good player. I mean, I always remember when Dave Thomas first saw him play for one of the youth teams. Yeah. He came straight in and said, I've seen a really, a really good prospect here. Yeah. And, you know, Olaf is Olaf is going to make a living out of the game for a long time. I just absolutely. hope he does it with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, we shall see. Uh, and getting first team football week in week out playing for Dorchester has got to be good for both him yeah, and Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we forget yeah. Louis Slough. I mean, Louis and Louis Slough's another one. Prospect. I mean, he's a seriously good central defender, but we have some seriously better mm, central yeah. defenders who are older and wiser and more experienced. That's so, true. you know, it's going to be difficult for them to get into the, the team, which is a shame because you want them to, mm-hmm. but at the same time, if you're doing well, how are they going to do it? Yeah, that's very true. And we've had a, 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 an incoming player as well, Billy Waters. Billy Waters, has yeah. joined us. Now, Gary is gradually bringing in yeah. components <laughs> of his very successful Cheltenham team. Yeah, absolutely. He? Billy Waters was um, uh, 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 Danny Wright's strike partner at Cheltenham when they won promotion, and indeed, 
uh, when they started really well the following season. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, he knows him. He says that in the interview that, that, that we listened to earlier on. He knows him really well. Doesn't need to teach him anything. Easy. He's played alongside Danny Wright. He knows how Danny Wright plays. Danny Wright knows how he plays. He knows Asa Hall. He's played with Aaron Downs. Yeah. 26. Hello. <laughs> ticks a lot of boxes, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and it takes a lot of boxes, that does. And as you say, he already knows how to play Gary's game. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, which is a big thing. I mean, we're joking about Gary's game, but it is a big thing. Gary puts a lot of store by players who buy into what he calls the talky way of doing things. Yeah. And it's very much it's Gary and Aaron's <clears throat> way of doing things, isn't yeah. it? I wonder if that deal was done just, just, just before Jamie Reid uh, lost his manager at... Um, Mm. at Mansfield <laughs> interesting that isn't it Graham Coughlin's lost his job up at Mansfield he was the man who signed Jamie. he was the man who signed Jamie Reid and uh, uh, in response to sacking uh, Coughlin at Ma Mansfield they've had a really poor start um, uh, of course uh, the, Coughlin was bigging up his team's chances this season and he, as he did do to Jamie Reid Jamie Reid said that in, in an interview at the start yeah. of the season yeah um, that's not how it's worked out. Jamie's been on the bench a lot of the time. Um, the 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 chairman or whoever it was that was quoted on the the BBC um, talking about Coughlin's uh, um, sacking basically said that they'd not seen what they had been promised mm. so far. You know the the promises of yeah. of uh, the, the, he made certain promises that made them invest in the in the yeah. in the idea. Yeah. And um, uh, you know, after nine games, it's not been uh, obvious to them that that's happening. So we'll, we'll be interested to see what happens with Jamie. I mean, yeah. obviously, he'll, he'll stay there and he'll want to prove to whoever takes over that, that he is really worth a shot mm. at that level. He wasn't getting a great deal of game time no. at the start of the season. No. Um, it's going to go one of two ways, isn't it? He's yeah. either going to spend more time on the bench or if the new manager... You know, gets the best out of Jamie Reid, which let's face it, there's a good good player in there. I mean, in some respects, it might be a good thing for Jamie Reid if, if he wasn't being used. I know he was he was using the last couple of games a bit more, but if he wasn't getting the opportunity, then maybe you know this is a good time. Yeah. Uh, someone might come in and take a look at him and think, my word, what was what was he doing on the bench? Yeah. So uh, yeah, interesting, interesting developments. We'll watch what happens up at Mansfield over the next few weeks. Did you know? that yesterday was the 25th anniversary of a momentous game in Torquay United's history. Yesterday? Yesterday I was didn't the anniversary. Know that. It's also the anniversary of a, a, a very long day in the pub for me, 25 <laughs> years ago in Norwich. Okay. Uh, where where uh, I watched the teletext of the football results yeah. come in and eight was in brackets. Torquay United won, Scunthorpe United eight. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was already drunk by then, I think. Years ago, 25 years ago. I was Half a, my life away, guy. I was in the press box at Playmore trying to make sense of it. Um, it was one of those games where by the time it had got to five or six, the players' heads had gone down yeah. and you knew it was going to get worse. It's the game that cost uh, Don O'Riordan his job, yeah. which was always a great shame because I always thought Don had uh, had a lot to give at Playmore. And I can't remember if Eddie May's first game in charge was the next week, but I... I'm sure it was at Oxford and I saw his first game in charge because we hitched down to Oxford from Norwich. Uh, I, I lived there for a year. That was kind of a year out of my yeah. talking. I, uh, uh, yeah, a year in, in, in Norwich. And uh, yeah, a friend, me and a friend hitched down to Oxford and I, I'm sure it was Eddie's first game. So that oh, might have right. been a week later. Yeah, Could well have been. 
Uh, we signed Andy McFarlane, didn't we, on the strength of that? Uh, yes, yeah. Did he score he's got four, four of the eight. He four, did. yeah. And Mike Bateson was was very taken with Andy McFarlane. Yeah. Signed him. Um, he he wasn't a bad player, but he never quite hit those kind of heights again for us, did he? No, no. Uh, and of course, you know that miss at Leighton Orient will always spring yeah. to mind. He could be a very frustrating player, Andy, because you knew that there was uh, there was a very talented football in there, but we yeah. didn't always get to see it. But there you go. I just thought I'd, I'd make you feel a bit older. 25 years ago yeah. yesterday. Thank uh, you, Guy. Talkyfanstats.com to thank for that again, as um, as with quite a lot of what we do on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, we'll put a link to Talky Fan Stats and also to the ex-Gulls Twitter feed that we'll come to yeah. in a little Quite while. a busy one, Guy. It is, because we, we need to talk now about a gentleman by the name of Gordon Astle, uh, who died at the age of 93 last week. Um, living in Torquay, played for Torquay from 1961, 1963, 10 goals in 34 games. Not a bad return, to be honest. No, not a bad return at all. Uh, obviously, was at the end of his career. He played a lot of games for Plymouth. Yeah. Then Birmingham. Yeah. A legend at Birmingham. Played in the Burt Trankman Cup final. Did, the one that's famous for the goalkeeper um, breaking his neck. So yeah. he, was, he was there. And he played a game for England. He did. He played two games for two England. Games for two England. games for England, I'm sorry. England. Yeah. He was known as Cannonball, yeah. which sounds like something straight out of Royal <coughs> Rovers, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Gordon Cannonball Astle. Um, um, he, I, I met him um, now, 15 years ago, I guess, when yeah. I was working for the club and I did an interview with him. <coughs> Excuse me. Ian Heyman, a director then, used to um, find these, these, these old chaps that he yeah. would bring along as his guest. And, uh, and would always say, do you want oh, on, interview him for the website? It'd be good. And yeah. So I would do that. And uh, no, uh, Gordon was, was lovely. Really nice fella. Yeah. Um, more than happy to talk to me, as, as most of the interviewees were in those days. And um, yeah, and, and just told a nice story about foot, uh, a foot, post-war, foot, post-war footballer, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, it was, it was really good to listen to. He was, uh, he was, at the time of his death, he was England's oldest surviving yeah. international. Which, which I didn't is, know, which is incredible. Which I, I, I spoke to him last year when they, they made a bit of a song and dance about that. And, and he was delighted by that. He yeah. was very, very happy. I think he was really proud yes, that he, he played for England. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you can, have, you can have pride at playing for your, your, your hometown club and then Birmingham City and playing an FA Cup final. But I think he's most proud of get, having an England or two England, two England caps, England as you've said. Yeah, yeah. so... So, you know, uh, R.I.P. Gordon and, uh, you know, um, lovely to, to read all the tributes. Yeah. One, just before we leave the subject, one more thing. I looked through the archive for some pictures of Gordon to go online with a piece that I wrote um, the other day. And there are several pictures of him playing for Torbay Gents are there? back in the mid-70s, including there? some team pictures. <clears throat> I think they went to Old Way Mansion to do their who's team he, Who's he standing in the team picture with? Them? Oh, I can't remember, but he's there in the... Um, I think they played, in, if I remember rightly, in Claret and Blue. Right. And they had those lace-up shirts. Oh, lovely. Long shorts. Yeah. And I'm sure they stopped for a schooner of sweet sherry at half-time. I'm sure they did. And then they <laughs> went off to the boating lake. <laughs> And Lionel Digby was there sitting in the Oh, what a surprise. The, um, he was probably, <laughs> he probably supplied the kit, didn't he? I imagine so. Yeah. I imagine so. But what a good outfit they were uh, back in the 70s. They kept playing for quite a long time and gradually they they sort of lost the more theatrical elements of the Torbay Jensen. Yeah. But when they first started out, uh, absolute breath of fresh air in local football. Brilliant. Uh, and Gordon was uh, obviously a very proud member of that. Team sounds lovely. Well. Yeah, sounds great. 
So what we should do now is we should go off and have another listen to Gary. To Mr. Johnson. twice this week. I did. Well, I spoke to him after the FA Cup draw on um, Monday and then for, for the paper, obviously. And then I spoke to him after the game on uh, Wednesday morning after the Tuesday night game. So, yeah, so that's why we had two clips. But, yeah, I wanted to speak to him for the paper, obviously, about Crawley. Indeed. So let's hear what Gary has to say about the cup draw. Then we'll be back. We'll be back with the answer to the P question. We'll have the X goals and we'll have a musical treat for you. Right. Uh, what, what do you think of the draw? Uh, I'm happy with the draw, to be fair. Home. I think it's a good good draw for us at yeah. home. Also, you know, a Crawley are like mid-table in the second division. Yeah. And it gives us a great chance to see how close we are. Um, to try and get to where we want to get to at the end of, end of the season. Yeah, they're almost kind of perfectly placed as a, a level to play now, aren't they? Yeah, no, that's right, exactly. And they've had, um, you know, they, they've, I think they've had the same amount of wins as they have had losses. Yep. So, you know, they, they may be like a slightly inconsistent team. But uh, I know Johnny Yems, who's their, okay. who's their manager. Um, and, you know, he's a, he's a decent fellow, he's a good manager. And uh, he'll get people working for him, so um, there'd be no no mugs, that's for sure. Um, but they won't really fancy the trip down the Torquay. Um, and uh, you know, when it comes around, our full focus will will be on it. So that's that's Gary's thoughts on the FA Cup draw. We'll talk a bit more about Crawley and the FA Cup on next week's podcast. Yeah, he likes that draw, though. Yeah, I think everybody does. I think everybody's yeah. kind of relishing the thought of playing a team. From a couple of levels higher. Well, one level well, higher. Yes, yeah, of course it is yeah. now, isn't it? One level higher and um, maybe the opportunity to settle a few old scores. Is that wrong to put it that way? I think I, I think you're thinking it that way. I think yeah. he's thinking they're 13th in League 2. They've they've played 10 games. They've won five. Drawn, I can't remember how the stats are, but they're, they're, they've won as many as they've yeah. lost. Um, that's where we want to be next season. And it's a good time to test yeah. how we're going. Especially at interesting. home. Very interesting. All they And he also said they won't want to be coming down here. No. So. Interesting. We'll talk next week as well about the. Uh, is having a home or an away draw even relevant now in the times of yeah, empty stadium? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird, there's isn't one, it? There's one to talk about next week. But I think the, uh, the fourth official has put up the board for the added minutes now. Has so he? Okay. Um, Couple of things still to uh, to talk about before. Or she, sorry. We, yes, indeed. Before we play the uh, the music, the answer to the P question. The with three hundred and seven games for Torquay between nineteen fifty seven and nineteen sixty five, ninety four goals in that time, making him the top scorer with a P as well. Ernie Pym. Of course. Ernie Pym. Of course. Uh, and, and there's a big gap behind him in both appearances and Neil, goals. Neil Prince. No sign of Neil Prince, okay, I'm right. afraid. Uh, Steve Pugh, oh, of 137 games between 83 and 86 with five goals. And Freddie Pethard with 119 games and not one goal between 1979 and 1982. Freddie Pethard never scored? Never scored, according well, that's, to that's a name for a fan team, isn't it? Freddie Pethard never, never scored, scored. <laughs> if only. Uh, and in the goals, Joe Poynton between 1929 and 1930, 18 goals in 28 games. And then a tie. Scott Partridge uh, with 16 goals in 45 games between 95 and 99. And another player who's a big favourite with us here on the podcast, Lee Phillips. Yeah, I liked liked Scott Partridge. I thought he was a wonderful player. 
Phillips' 16 came in 51 games, 2007-2008. That's the answer to your P questions. We'll go... Uh, hell for leather, we'll go through the ex-goals. Thank you to the ex-goals Twitter feed. There's a lot of them. Uh, John Marquis uh, comes up in it twice. He scored yeah. uh, against Sunderland and against Northampton for Portsmouth. Connor Wilkinson scored for Lake Orient against Stevenage and against Exeter. Good man. Well done. Well done. Uh, Nathan Smudger Smith got one for Port Vale against Oldham. Always happy to see that yeah. good player he was. Yeah. Uh, Alex Fletcher and Jared Lewington both scored when Tiverton beat Walton Casuals 5 0 last weekend. Yeah, Re Fletcher got two. Reese Murphy got one for Yeovil mm -hmm. against Dover. Dan Sparks got one for Maidenhead. Got quite a few. When they lost to Cray Valley Paper Mills oh. in the Cup. I bet they were celebrating in the streets See, of Cray Dan Valley Sparks. We loved Dan Sparks we when did. he was here, and we were we were sad to see him go. But you wouldn't you wouldn't bring him back in place of uh, no, Whitfield, wouldn't. would you? No, no, you wouldn't. Things move on. Yeah, things definitely move on. Uh, Josh Wakefield scored for Weymouth against Bromley. Adi Aziz got one for Dover against Eastleigh. Nathan Blissett got his first goal of the season for Maidenhead against Dagenham and Redbridge. Crikey, this is extensive. Joe Quigley got oh. one for Yeovil against Sutton. And Kiefer Moore scored for Cardiff against Derby. But the two standouts, Manny Duku, the incredible season yeah. of Manny Duku continues. continues. Two goals and man of the match for Wraith Rovers in a 5-2 win over Queen of the South. Wow. So they're getting something out of Manny Duku that we just didn't well, get. Gary... Gary was full of hope for full him. Full of hope he? for yeah. him. And he, he really thought he could get something out of him. But he, well, Gary and Peter had obviously had a good look at him yeah. and thought he can do something for us. Yeah. Here. But he just didn't. But up at Wraith Rovers, he's obviously settling in. I mean, there. that is a different... I mean, I'm, if you consider that players like Ryan Bowman and Alex Fisher have, have, have played in the Premiership yeah. and then dropped down to Exeter, you know, what what kind of level is he playing at now? But, you know, it's still, still relevant. It is. Uh, and the other one who's worthy of uh, mention, Mikkel Anderson. Oh, yes. Who played three games under Paul Buckle in yep. 2008, made his Champions League debut wow. for Midtjylland against Liverpool. Did he? I didn't realise that. Liverpool. That's fantastic. Uh, if any uh, any Danes are listening, if Midtjylland is not the correct pronunciation, I do apologise, yep. but it's as close as I'm going to get, I think. Yep. Uh, yeah, Liverpool won that one 2-0, as you'll all know by now. But I didn't realise he was playing in that game. That's his Champions League debut. Wow. So Where did he go after Torquay then? Oh, now you've got me. No, I see. I, I, I've broken the covenant of now. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, but um, I shall try and look that up somewhere. He'll, he'll have a Wikipedia entry somewhere if he's playing in the Champions League. Yeah, well, we'll, look, we'll look at that for next week. I'm not going to do it live. I've got a dog on my knee. <laughs> so between us, uh, we and Gary have taken up plenty of your time. We just need to finish with a musical interlude. It's going to be fantastic, isn't it? So in 1971, yeah. <coughs> Dick Edwards, who was a big hero at Plainmore, a uh, proper 1970s footballer. Former with Villa player. Yeah. We got him from Villa. Uh, he played for Notts County as well. I gather he's still living up in the Nottingham area mm -hmm. as well at the moment. But he was a bit of a country and western singer. Mm. And he used to play in the local pubs and clubs with Bruce Stuckey as well as a duo. But Dick Edwards himself produced a gramophone record in 1971 called Talkie United's War Cry. It was a single, wasn't it? It was a single. Probably recorded in Swan Street Studios where they had a good working relationship with the Turners of Wishbone Ash oh, fame. I I've got his album, Big City Boy. 
I and wonder if he's in the background. There's there's a lot of yeah. Well, I've got his album. I've got his album, Big City Boy, and it's produced by one of the Turners. And there are all the musicians are listed, and there are Turners on the album. I'll, I'll bet you some of them are on this as well. It's on the RA Records label. So whether that was just one of the Swan Street labels could have been. Yeah, I mean it was a, quite a big concern that little Swan Street studio yeah, down there. Yeah. I mean obviously it went when they demolished the whole area for for Fleet Walk. But um, yeah, there was some proper musical history created there you know the first the first talky punk bands all recorded yes, there and everything yeah, yeah. dash schnitz were yeah, recorded yeah. down there and absolutely and also um one of kevin dixon's excellent online talky history articles pointed out the other day harry h corbett recorded an album down there did he very, really very strange um kind of psychedelic i'm album gonna have to harry find that recorded that down sounds there. wonderful so we, we spoke a while ago on the podcast about how we would love to hear Talk United's War Cry, not having heard it. Having heard the album as well, because uh, the album is, is just general country and western. There's no yeah. football references. It's uh, music uh, that they're doing. But um, this was the crossover. So and, and you can't get them for love or money. You can't. You absolutely can't. But Kevin Stoyle, one of our listeners, got his hands on a copy, turned it into an MP3, oh. sent it down for us. And this is it. We'll end on a musical note. Thank you for listening. Enjoy Talk United's War Cry. And in the meantime, come, come on, you yellows. Oh, United, the best team in the land. Oh, United, we really got big plans. We've got the skill, we've got the fire, and that will see us through. On to Division 2. We're right behind you, talkie, when opponents come to town. We'll all be there to sing this song and help to get them down. Yeah. We've got the players in the team, we need to see us through. Up into division two. Oh, United, the best team in the land. Oh, United, we really got things planned. We've got the skill, we've got the fight, and that will see us through. On to Division 2. We've planned a few surprises for the teams that come our way. Our players are the best, and we will teach you how to play. No other team can match the skill, and we all know it's true. We're going to Division 2. Oh, United, the best team in the land. Oh, United, we really got things planned. We've got the skill, we've got the fight, and that will see us through. On to Division 2. We're going up there with the best, this is promotion year. No one is going to stop us, we're the team that they all fear. And hear the words that we'll all sing when this season through. Your division. Oh!